was coaching ever supposed to scale? Like, were we ever supposed to take this intimate experience and package it up for mass consumption? Uh, I'm on the fence. Or am I? <laughs> In some ways, I, I think it's possible, but perhaps not with the popular frameworks that we've, you know, all been exposed to. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Defiant Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy. This podcast is for the business owners and professionals who have seen the status quo in their industry and are ready to do things differently. We're here for the contrarians, mavericks, and rebels. On the Defiant Business Podcast, we'll talk about marketing, sales, client and customer experiences, finances, and amazing entrepreneur journeys that show that none of us are alone. Thank you for joining me. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, and we've got some question episodes coming up for you. And I just want you to keep in mind as we go through these question episodes like today's, that they truly are meant to be questions. I'm trying to spark an open discussion. So if you want to come into my DMs and tell me why you think maybe my conclusions are wrong. I'm totally open to those conversations. If you want to come into my DMs and tell me why you think I'm spot on, also open to that conversation. Uh, But I, I really think that the way for us to move forward in this industry, instead of continuing to circle, you know, in an aimless manner, is to really examine the foundational structures that prop up the entrepreneurship industry that prop up the coaching and consulting industry. So that's today's question. Was coaching ever meant to scale? And I think that this is important because we talk about all the ways that like businesses scale wrong, the ways that coaches and consultants scale wrong, you know, letting all sorts of people in to their programs, not properly vetting people. But then I realized as I was going through a critical thinking session, that one of the assumptions that I had was that coaching was supposed to scale, that you should be able to scale it. And I realized that that was an assumption that I hadn't actually confirmed. And so that's where this question comes from. So the group coaching model was introduced to me as a means to help coaches and consultants go from one-to-one to one-to-many and bring in more revenue. Like many of you, I've participated in a few group coaching programs and some seemed more intimate than others. (laughs) I read from trainingindustry.com that group coaching started to become popular in the late 2000s or so. And the ICF website says that an ICF is the uh, International Coaching Federation. So they're a huge coaching certifying body. Well, they don't certify. They certify other organizations to certify. That sounds a little twisty, too. Hmm. (laughs) Maybe we should question that assumption as well. Anyway, at, at the moment, at least, they're kind of a bastion of coaching knowledge. And ICF says that group coaching shouldn't be more than 15 participants in a session. 
However, one of the group coaching programs that I participated in had anywhere from 400 to 600 people in it at any given time during the like eight months that I had access to the Facebook group. Just taking a sip of my tea there. (laughs) But, you know, it wasn't unusual for our calls in this 400 to 600 person group coaching program. It wasn't unusual for any of our calls to have 20 plus people on. And of course, this was really more like a course with a Facebook support group, which is pretty common in the entrepreneurship industry, especially at the level of like the very small business, the new business. You'll find this model kind of everywhere. It's like what they call the evergreen coaching group. Based on a quick scan of ICF's group coaching competencies, because they actually published a different set of competencies. And I guess I wouldn't say that they're different, but they're adapted for group coaching. It seems like group coaching is a whole set of special skills because coaches and consultants need to be able to hold the process for multiple people at once. And this makes a lot of sense to me. So, you know, being in these group coaching programs, you know, I've experienced calls that were mostly focused on like one to two people because they needed the support. But, you know, that definitely affected the time and energy, the resources available for everybody else. Um, you know, so it doesn't seem possible to give everyone the attention they deserve, especially the attention that they probably deserve after paying you five, 10, 20, $50,000, whatever it is that they've paid you. And I, I think that that's really important for us to consider. They paid you this amount of money with the expectation that they would get a certain level of attention and then they don't potentially because they may be doing better than other people in the program. And so other people need your help more. And because your group is so big, you may have, you know, too many people who need your help more. And so the people who seem to need your help less, right, they don't get as much attention. And it's it's not to say that they even need your help less because they didn't pay you because they were doing poorly, maybe. Right. And some people do, some people do need that help, but some people don't, but they're looking for more success. And that's what they paid you for is that they believed that you could help them achieve more success. So despite this model seeming to work best, this group coaching model seeming to work best for experienced coaches and consultants, I see it introduced for beginners all of the time so they can make more money. So the instruction that I received is get like three clients, do one-to-one, and then start your group coaching program. But based on my research, it seems like group coaching is something for a very experienced coach or a consultant, right? And these things, you know, will vary based on your experience. So let's kind of go back and again, questioning assumptions. So what does scale even mean for a business? So I I saw it defined a couple of ways, but typically we use the word scale kind of synonymous with the word growth. But I saw one website where they said that growth was an increase in revenue kind of on pace with your increase in expenses. But then scale was an increase in revenue that outpaced your expenses, right? So in the end, you're taking more home. So you're increasing revenue with a lower increase in expenses, maybe a no increase in expenses. And so this is how we see it play out in terms of the basic idea behind this group coaching model. Because the group coaching model is introduced as coaching a coach or a consultant's key to scale, right? Make more money by group coaching. And I don't think that we never, or I don't think that we ever actually questioned 
if there were other ways to scale. We fell into this rut of, oh, okay, group coaching is the way to scale. How do I make group coaching work? And we did not question whether or not there were other ways to scale. So I'm hoping to plant some seeds for you today. So the basic idea, you, you're a coach, you're doing one-to-one clients, let's say they're paying you. I'm keeping the numbers simple, guys, because I don't want to do math on the fly and <laughs> sound stupid. But you're a coach, you do one-to-one for $1,000 a month for 10 clients. That's $10,000 a month. Woo, you hit $10,000 a month. And so let's say you're doing like 10 calls a week, maybe, or maybe it's five calls a week if you talk to every client on like a bi-weekly schedule, but you will eventually cap out at the number of clients that you can handle. Let's put a little star, a little pin in that. We talk about capping out at the number of clients that you can handle as if it's a bad thing, but $10,000 a month that's not an insignificant amount of money, uh, especially if you're, you know, you've got your expenses relatively low. So if you're happy and you've capped out and you don't want more, you don't want a group coach or whatever, good for you. All right. Good for you. Maybe you look at other ways to scale. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're able to raise your fees a little bit. I don't know. Anyway. All right. Pin, I guess, pin out since I kind of diverged on that. But yeah, so you're doing $1,000 a month, 10 clients, $10,000 months. You may be doing 10 calls a week, maybe, or maybe five calls a week if you're talking to everybody on a biweekly basis with other types of communication. And then the group coaching model is typically presented to you as you only have to do, let's say, one to three calls per week, maybe, for 10 clients at the same price. That means you have more time and a better structure with which you can take on more people. And then you start doing things like creating like video training for them to watch and, and stuff like that. So, you know, you're able to get your clients to consume more information without you being the one necessarily there to deliver it. So in episode 194 titled, When You Buy Coaching and Get Courses, I introduced a group program framework that I thought would provide an ethical and premium experience for clients. I guess we can call this the cohort framework, right? And in episode 219, which was a bit more recent, I provided some other options besides quote unquote group coaching to refer to your sessions as, as would be appropriate. So, you know, it could be a guided group session. It could be a group training, right? So just keep in mind, like when I talk about like cohorts, many coaching certification programs run cohorts. And of course, this is like the model of our of, of the higher education systems in the vast majority of countries. We started a specific time. We ended a specific time. So if you want to join in the middle, you can't. You got to wait for the next cohort. So back to the original question. And I I definitely, so those were episodes 194 and episodes 194, episode 219. Definitely encourage you to go listen to those. I I think I provided some, some really good seeds there as well. But was coaching ever meant to scale? That was the question. Between the two episodes I just shared with you, 194 and 219, I think we can totally design program frameworks that meet our clients' needs as well as our business scaling goals. Ethically, I see these including cohorts, probably some one-to-one coaching, group training sessions, and static information modules. I could also see it happening like if you hired junior coaches to help you manage multiple cohorts. And there are tons of coaches out there who are actually pretty bad at, I don't want to say bad, but they don't enjoy the business side of coaching, right? So maybe that's why they're bad at it. Like they don't enjoy it where there are others of us who actually enjoy it quite a bit. Right. So you enjoy helping people. You enjoy the business side. If you find that you're really good at getting clients, 
husband, perhaps, you could hire junior coaches to help you manage multiple cohorts. So you could have multiple, you could have uh, staggered cohort starts where people have more opportunities to join versus if your program is, say, three months or six months long, then they can only join at the start of a three or six month cycle. Uh, But this model, the one that we were talking about, this evergreen group coaching program model where you've got, let's be honest, like we call it video training. Let's be honest. Those are courses. (laughs) You've got the course set up and you've got this Facebook group or whatever group thing you use. It could be a private one. It could be a Slack. It could be Discord, whatever it is, wherever you got to set up. Uh, You've got this support group that goes with your course and you do these live stream Q&As. This, that particular model. That's what I'm talking about right there. As a rule, I don't see it ethically working for the majority of people in these programs because the way that it is often sold does not match the actual experience. So, I mean, these are the questions, right? Were you ever supposed to make a shit ton of money just from coaching? Like $500,000 a year, a million dollars a year just from coaching? And of course, that begs the question, what I just described, that evergreen group coaching model, is that even coaching? See, so I don't think it's possible to do this ethically with the model that really looks more like a course with a support group than actual coaching. Could you make a significant income every year just coaching? I absolutely think so, especially as you develop your intellectual property and your experience, you're going to be able to command higher fees. I also see you know, other streams of income based on your experiences as a coach. And I'm going to do another episode on that later. But this question here was coaching, right? Coaching. Was that ever meant to scale? And the definition of coaching you can find in episode 219, that is it group coaching or something else? I defined coaching based on a few different organizations. Was coaching in the truest sense of the word ever meant to scale or are we trying to scale the wrong thing? It's like when we look at adding an implement or automation into our business. Automation works great when you and I are talking back and forth and we decide to jump on a call and I send you my calendar link. There's automation built into that. Are we trying to automate the human right out of our coaching business? So was it ever meant to scale in the truest sense of the word? I think that there is room for it to happen. I do. I just don't think it's as simple as the bro marketers and and these, you know, scammy biz coaches would have us all believe, at least not in an ethical way. So I'm looking forward to talking with you at the next question episode. (laughs) And please don't be afraid to DM me. Let me know if I raised any questions for you. You want to dive deeper into some of this. If you ask me a question, it may become a podcast episode. So please don't deprive me of the opportunity to make more content that really matters to you. All right. Talk to you again next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Defy the Status Quo Biz, and the link is in this episode's description. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.